Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live. This morning we are coming to you, part of the Diocese of Duluth. We are located this morning at St. Martin's Church in Tower, Minnesota on the shores of beautiful Lake Vermilion. Mark Cheney, I am your host today alongside the uh, radio microphones of Father Nick Nelson. And we have uh, a great show lined up. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Sun is shining. Um, We're at St. Martin's, as you mentioned, and a lot of excitement going on here, even uh, in the church building as we speak. Some of our people might be hearing some uh, on the radio, even uh, some noise, some movement, some banging, some thrashing. A lot of progress going a on. A lot of progress. Tell us, before we get our program started, what the progress is. I've seen uh, trucks and construction vehicles outside and uh, a lot of uh, moving forward. Yes. So... Um about a year and a half ago almost, we, we started uh, the process of looking at restoring our sanctuary. Um, nothing had been done to it for a while. Um, no sense of like permanent, uh, um, permanent sanctuary appendiments, if you will, um, since you know the Second Vatican Council. For example, the tabernacle is just on a piece of table with uh, some cloth over it. Um, the altar had been moved away from the wall, and so that was just on, on carpet. And so um, we're, because of generous people, uh, able to really uh, improve our sanctuary and therefore the honor and the worship that we can offer God, but also our people. So um, a couple of months ago, again, it's kind of God's providence that with the virus and stuff, we weren't having public masses, so we're able to do some of that stuff. And now today... Um, Glory to God, we're finally moving in the altar and all these things that were um, produced elsewhere and hopefully have it done by Sunday for Corp- the Feast of Corpus Christi. So uh, we're very happy and excited to, to have this process finished. Awesome, awesome. And you, you were saying how long has this been actually in the works then as far as the development and Yeah, stages? probably about a year and a half when we reached out to some firms, some experts, uh, architectural church architectural firms to, to help us in this area. Super. It's yeah. going to be a, a, a beautiful project when it's completed into, into its stages of completion. And uh, you were saying it, you're hoping for this Sunday? Yeah, for this, this Sunday, the Feast of Corpus Christi. Um, some of the things we'll talk about today, I think, uh, have some good connections with exactly what some of the details that we have. You know, we have the the on you stay, ecce on you stay above the altar of the sacred heart. And um, so, yeah, that, that's just exciting. We're looking forward to that. Uh, what a way to celebrate Corpus Christi with um, uh, restored a uh, sanctuary. And before we get into our program, we've got our guest, Amy Fox, waiting here. But I just want to just briefly, now, you, churches, the, you, your church is open, limited basis. What, what kind of percentage are we talking about? Yeah. Um, our diocese is at, as far as I know, 25% capacity. I think most churches in the area are like that. And uh, last last Sunday and the two Sundays, uh, we had sign-ups for that, um, but still didn't meet that 25%. So 
at this point, we're saying whoever wants to come, come. <laughs> I think there's plenty of space, and you know, we I don't think we have to be scared, but we are taking precautions and being safe. And uh, it's been good as a priest to have the people back at mass. You know, that's that's what you you live for as a priest. That is so awesome and so uh, incredible yeah. to see after the the period of time. I mean, it's been since Easter since we have been in you know this confinement state with a COVID yeah. situation, and uh, it'll be uh, it'll be nice to see folks back at mass and uh, back in church and uh, you yeah. know with the summer season especially. Exactly, and uh, we. Sometimes even sign-ups don't really work for our parishes, right? Because we have so many guests that come <laughs> yes. and just show up, and so that's that's been fine. Now, with your sign-ups, are you doing like a, a telephone situation? Or are you doing online? It was online, okay. but uh, again, I think for the near near future, we'll just forego that because we haven't been meeting our capacity anyways, and now unnecessary hassle. Yeah. W- with your situation here in Tower, you have three churches here. You have Tower, you have Cook, and you have Or. Same across the board. Correct, um, and pretty much the the same percentage of capacity at each church you know so it's been good and to be honest i've heard some other churches there's been even uh, less people at mass than that so i've been happy with uh, those who have been able to come i know i i I, kind of chuckle every week because my mom who lives in cook or just outside of cook calls and have you heard anything can you come to mass and i'm like well just give father a call you know (laughs) i'm not the not the knowledgeable one you go right right to the right to the source and uh, so I'm hoping she has or made that connection at, at some point in time. So, all right, let's get on with our show as we welcome Amy Fox. Amy is in the studio with us this morning here at uh, St. Martin's in Tower. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. You and I kind of go way back with uh, kids in Mountain Iron, mm-hmm. and uh, you are part of the staff over at the Mountain Iron School. You reside where? Um, my husband and I live in Britt with our three kids. Okay. Yes. So, and your mom is from Cook, Cook correct? Yep. Yeah, so uh, we, we kind of all kind of know each other here in a, in, a, in a family kind of setting. So it's it's fantastic to be here part of the program this morning. So thank you for being with us. Uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, I'm a Catholic wife and mom of three. Um, I'm a parishioner of Father Nick's at St. Mary's in Cook. I do teach at Mountain Iron Buell. Um, I teach engineering and pretty much anything else STEM-related. My two boys and next year my daughter, too, will attend Marquette Catholic School in Virginia. So we're kind of a part of three different communities, and a lot of times I feel like we're all over the place, but it's all good. All part of one big family. Yeah. And you also sing in the choir at St. Mary's. I do, and I am glad to have people back at Mass, too. (laughs) I'm hoping we can have a few more people up singing soon, but... As... As a priest, as a pastor, um, I definitely take advantage or make good use of Amy. So, uh, it's amazing all that Amy does for, um, she mentioned, you know, the other schools and stuff, but even just our parish. I mean, uh, just grateful for her, what she does at our parish, especially with the cantering, you know. I, I truly think that music, sacred music, is an essential part of, of Mass and our worship of God. And... Uh, um, you need you need skill for that, and and you need dedication. People are willing to try new things, especially when um, for so many years we've kind of been doing the same thing. And when we look at what the church asks of us, um, such as you know singing the ordinary parts and the propers and the antiphons, uh, it's nice to have someone as skilled as Amy and willing <laughs> to try these things. Uh, it, uh, I'm I'm blessed to be able to have, in a sense, kind of a, a partner 
in that <laughs> in that uh, renewal of um, of worship and sacred music in our masses. So very very true. Um, let's let's start out, Amy, by talking about your experiences of your Catholic faith as you were growing up. Well, I owe my faith to my mom. She was baptized Catholic, but she wasn't brought up in the church. And as an adult, she really didn't have any support. She didn't know the faith at all. And yet she went to St. Mary's and asked to have her kids baptized. So I think a lot about how much courage it must have taken her and any adult that comes back to the church and asks that for their kids. I just, I really appreciate that gift and the gift that my faith has been to me ever since then. So my brother and I were both raised Catholic. My mom did eventually go through RCIA classes and she was received into the church, but when we were raised Catholic. It really, for us, was only attending Sunday Masses, and we did go to catechism classes, but that was about it. And Christmas at our house was just as much about Santa as it was about Jesus, and Easter was definitely more about the egg hunts. We still attended Mass to celebrate those holidays, but God definitely wasn't the center of our home. My dad, praise God, was baptized Catholic two years ago, so he wasn't able to provide any support either. He supported us in our faith, but um, I don't think he could support my mom much in raising us as Catholics. So I do kind of think it's a miracle that my parents chose this faith for my brother and I. And like you said, I grew up in Cook, and St. Mary's has almost always been my home parish, although now we do spend a little time in Holy Spirit with the school. And it, um, St. Mary's is a small parish, and so when I was growing up, I was the only person my age in the parish. So I received my sacraments of reconciliation and Holy Eucharist by myself. Um, it seemed like Catholicism was really unpopular. Most of my friends were Lutheran. So it felt like I was always alone. And I remember I cried at my confirmation retreat because it was the first time I realized there were other Catholics in the world and that it wasn't just some dying religion that I was a part of. So at that point, as a, as a young Catholic, was there like an emptiness inside then too or it just didn't feel real like faith didn't mm -hmm. i mean i still prayed and i still participated but it it wasn't my own yet and it didn't feel special it didn't feel as beautiful as i know it is now what was the turning point then what was the catalyst to you know to anchor you into catholicism well i guess it started I went to World Youth Day in Toronto with St. John Paul II, and that was huge. It was amazingly inspirational. But still, without having a strong faith background, it was I don't think I got nearly as much out of that as I could have, but it did kind of force me to get more involved in my faith. And then I went to college, and um, the Newman Center there, Father Chuck Huck was there, and he had some amazing insight and he would let us ask him any questions we could and he really helped me to make my faith my own so that to me was really amazing and then having kids you know really <laughs> kind of pushed us to get more involved in our faith and figure out what it should look like to be a catholic family amy when you were uh growing up you, you mentioned that you know i kind of knew cat you knew you're a catholic but uh you know not much support not many friends like that and i would say i think a lot of Catholics kind of view that, and I might have told this story before that um, after high school I went down to Texas to play hockey, and I lived with um, non-Catholic families. They're, they're my housing families, and one, one of the families I lived with is a Baptist family, and we went to uh, a big Billy Graham revival uh, 
conference or whatever at Texas Stadium, thousands and thousands of people there. And so I'm walking around the concourse during one of the intermissions with my housing family, my housing brother and sister, and uh, they're running into their different, you know, friends that are um, evangelical or Baptist and they're talking and they'd always introduce, oh, this is Nick Nelson and uh, he's Catholic. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, and I, I got the question that, you know, most Catholics dread hearing, like, uh, are you saved? Are you saved? <laughs> From them. And I didn't really know how to answer at that point, but I was still at least f knew enough or believed enough in my faith that that I, I, I said to him, well, I didn't say to him, but I didn't really know exactly how I answered it. But I thought to myself, like, uh, I don't think it's as easy as yes or no, but I also think I'm in a better place than you being Catholic. And uh, now, as a priest especially, you know, how to answer that, you know? I have been saved, I am being saved, and I hope to be saved. But uh, did you have any sense of even that maybe at least that you're kind of on the right track? Or was there kind of like, oh, maybe this Catholic thing isn't, you know, the right way? Or, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe they aren't biblical or anything. Any sense of doubts in that regard? No, I never doubted that I wanted yeah. to be Catholic, but... Yeah. At the same time, I don't know that I understood enough about Catholicism to say, like, I'm Catholic and what that meant. What I Like, when I was confirmed, what was I receiving compared to what my Lutheran friends had? And it took me quite a while, like, teaching confirmation, actually, was when I finally figured out what special things were involved in being Catholic and what we believe that's different from other yeah. faith backgrounds, yeah. I guess. So yes, we're uh, we're here at St. Martin's in Tower, and uh, we're doing a nice interview with uh, with Amy Fox here, mother, wife, and uh, uh, just a faithful Catholic at um, our parishes, uh, St. Mary's in particular in Cook, Minnesota. We have more of our interview coming up with Amy Fox here from St. Martin's church and tower we are part of the diocese of duluth you're in tune to real presence live and we'll be back in just a moment with more of our program stay with us there's more real presence live to come on the real presence radio network Honor your Father by word and deed, that a blessing from Him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. If there is a merciful God, how can he allow such suffering? I'm Father Chris Alar. God took his greatest risk in giving you his greatest gift, free will. He risks that you may choose not to love him and to hurt your neighbor. But even then, God wants to bring a greater good out of evil. There is no worse evil than a creature nailing his creator to a tree. Yet God brought a greater good from it, your redemption. God doesn't want you to suffer, but he allows it. Why? Because your suffering can also be redemptive when you share in the cross of Christ. It is not easy, but when you learn how, it changes everything. Please visit suicideandhope.com 
so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Hello, my name is Mitchell Lahneman. I'm a junior at Mount Marty College, and I'm originally from Adrian, Minnesota. I chose Mount Marty because when I first visited Mount Marty College my freshman year, I could feel the sense of community and the relationships I built with the professors I met and the coaches I met the very first time on campus was really impactful to me. Mount Marty offers lots of opportunities such as leadership positions and different clubs and activities to participate in. Mount Marty College, experience the momentum. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This morning we are coming to you live from St. Martin's Church in Tower, Minnesota, part of the Diocese of Duluth on Real Presence Live. And I am your host, Mark Cheney, alongside the radio microphones this morning of uh, Father Nick Nelson. Father, we have a great show. We are in the midst of an interview with our our special guest in studio, Amy Fox. We've got more of the show coming up a little later on with uh, Father James Goodwin. Yes, uh, we'll be joined by Father James Goodwin, who's the judicial vicar of the Diocese of Fargo, and um, him, he and along with uh, Father, or not Father, but Michael Tauberg in the second hour, we're going to, at two different angles, look at um, just some of the maybe brokenness in our world and um, how we can receive healing, um, brokenness especially through um, divorce and um, things um, connected with that. So Father James Goodwin will talk about misconceptions surrounding the Catholic view on divorce and annulments and um, I so, think that's something that's kind of uh, misunderstood or not, you know, totally understood. And so I'm looking forward to that, that time with him. Looking forward to a great show this morning here on Real Presence Live. We have a guest in our studio, Amy Fox. Amy is from uh, the Brit area here in northeastern Minnesota. Uh, grew up in the, uh, the St. Mary's Church in Cook. And uh, very busy part of many uh, churches here in our <laughs> diocese. And uh, it's just a pleasure to have you here, Amy. Thank you. Amy, um, you know, uh, we were saying before just a lot of, when you have small parishes, um, fewer people have to do a lot more. You know, there's that saying that in every parish, 20% of the people do 80% of the the work in the ministry at parishes. And um, I don't know, maybe at my parish, we have a lot of good people who help out, but... um, Particular Amy does a does a whole lot. So, Amy, we're kind of in the midst of your story, and um, you know, sharing to maybe to the point where you got uh, got to now, and especially after being confirmed, and then going to to college, and you know, having kids. Obviously, that always gets you thinking um, more about your faith. That you have uh, these other lives that you're responsible, immortal soul that you're responsible right. for, right? So, no, for yeah. sure. <laughs> What would you What would you say with um, you know that time in your life and take us from there? Well, I think it's been difficult as an adult sometimes to have to go back and pick up the pieces of my faith that I didn't understand before. You know, I had so many, and we've talked before, I had so many amazing experiences in high school and college that I really didn't appreciate as much as I could have. And so, you know, as Corpus Christi is coming up um, in college, our choir actually attended. We did touring in Europe and 
we actually were part of a Corpus Christi procession that was led and mass led by a cardinal. Mm-hmm. But I didn't understand at the time, like faith, I'm not, I wasn't where I am now and I didn't realize what I was experiencing and how special that moment was. So when I was, I mean, I went in high, in high school, I went to France for two weeks and we visited the shrine of St. Therese of Lisieux. And even being Catholic, I didn't appreciate that mm-hmm. as much as I, I would um, now if I went there. So I know exactly what you're, you're saying. So Amy, you know, in your life, how is your faith? What are some of the ways that you've been able to overcome some of the, the struggles um, um, you face? Well, I think one of God's greatest blessings to me was my husband. And I don't think, I think up until a couple of years ago, I really took for granted the fact that he's Catholic. You know, it wasn't important to me that he was. It wasn't a qualification that my parents ever suggested or encouraged or anything, but it's just looking at all the things we do, that's how we face our struggles is together. And, you know, we've always kind of approached them all as a team, and he's supported everything I do. So every time you see me involved in something, realize that he's behind it and he's supporting it 100%. And if it weren't for him, none of that would be possible for me. And I'm so thankful that he is where he's at with his faith because he, you know, we, he supports what I do and he supports how we're raising our kids. And I think about how difficult it must be for parents that don't have that support, that don't have a spouse that's backing them 100%, because I know even together it's hard sometimes to make these big leaps with our faith and to step out there and raise our kids differently. So we definitely lean on each other, and that's that's huge. Um, I think, you know, I'd like to say that to overcome all of this, that we offer it all up in prayer, but we're still working on that. You know, I wasn't raised that way, and I want that from the kids, though. I want them, I think about how much stronger they could be if if this was all ingrained in them from such a from a really young age to turn to God first and to call on faith every moment of every day and that's what I want for them and that's what he wants for them and so we're working on that together and I think it's it's really about you know surrounding ourselves with our Catholic faith through teaching and different Catholic theology and really just making a conscious effort to try it's kind of a culture thing you mm-hmm. know um I heard a couple of weeks ago it said this way that culture supports encounter. You know that um, whether it's a, you know Steubenville con- conference, whether it's you know some great faith experience, you need the culture to support it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it just just goes away. And I I think that's so important. You have the the culture of the home which you're you're trying to to foster. You know the domestic church. And then each parish is called to be a culture um, where the faith is uh, supported, lives, celebrated in its fullness. Um, and I think that's that's so important. And so you do that at your home and uh, in your in your 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 parish as well. Um, you know, we have other parents, other people listening. Um, what would you say about you know raising kids in the faith and? You know, because it's difficult. It's countercultural. You know, what would you what would you say to them? It's it's really difficult, <laughs> and but have courage and <laughs> pray, and I think we'll make it through. You know, um, there 
one of the things that's difficult right now is that there are so many different directions that were pulled in, so many different things for your kids to be a part of, so many things that people say we should be doing. And so it, it can be difficult sometimes just to decide which of those things are going to lead you down a path towards sainthood, really, because that's what we want for us and for our kids. So, you know, having to choose those things is difficult, but, you know, it's, it's little things like if you take Christmas, for example, there's thousands of suggestions out there online of different ways, different things we can do with our kids to help make Christmas all about the birth of Christ. But right now, our struggle is figuring out which of those things specifically celebrates Catholic teachings of Christmas. So, And that's one thing I love about RPR is that what I'm hearing, I know it's going to be Catholic and I know it's going to support that view. I don't have to check all the sources on it and make sure that it's actually in teaching with the Catholic Church. Um, so I think, you know, it's a good start for parents to make an effort to add a little bit of Catholic at a time and until you've surrounded yourself. And we're getting close. You know, Bob and I have talked, my husband and I have talked about kind of going all in with our faith and making sure that everything we do from where we vacation and what we do, how we play with our kids, we pray with our kids, making sure that it's all aligned to God. And it's been helpful to have some reminders at home. We did the consecration to the Sacred Heart at our house um, a few years ago now. And, you know, it's switching from Netflix to Formed, and <laughs> that was a tough one for us. We're working on music right now and trying to make sure that the themes of the songs that our kids are listening to are all in line with what we want to teach them. So that's been good too. But I think it's just so important to pass on the tradition of our faith. You know, and I was confirmed, I didn't realize what it meant to be Catholic and I didn't understand the difference between that and other faiths. But if we don't practice our faith and we don't make it practical and understandable for our kids, we can't really expect them to live that out. So by kind of reorienting ourselves toward God and making sure, reprioritizing everything so that he's the top of the list. I think we can set faith as a really strong foundation for life and not just something we do on Sundays. So my hope is that our kids will know what humility is, they'll seek forgiveness, they'll show mercy, they'll strive for holiness, because it's what they've always done. So it'll be part of who they are, and living their faith won't just be some abstract thing, but they'll have a concrete set of ideas on how to practice their faith, what it means to be kind and what it means to practice that. And then they'll have so many tools if they're struggling with anything. And it's, I just, faith is the most important gift we can give them. And so it's worth the effort that it takes to get there, even though it is difficult because it is. Yeah, you have, you know, I think it's best to described as the faith is caught rather than taught, mm -hmm. you know, and so you mentioned all these little things that in our history we call like devotions, you know, the sacred mm -hmm. heart and, you know, the music and what you watch, and it's it's so important that it's we're just immersed in it, um, any, that life of faith. Yes. Any final thoughts as we wrap up this segment? Well, I just want people to know, you know, we understand this isn't something we can accomplish on our own as parents. We can, you know, it is our responsibility to, to do a lot of it, but at the same time, you know, our kids are coming to church every day. They're seeing people that we consider devout Catholics. So I need them to walk into church and see those examples. You know, when I'm requiring that everybody dresses nicely to demonstrate reverence, it's great when they walk into church and they get that sound example of 
It is important to genuflect. We do believe that that's the body of Christ in the tabernacle, and it is important to show him reverence and to show your love that way. So I would, I mean, I would love it if they walked in and everyone was happy to be at Mass, joyful about the time they got to spend with God, if, if we exceed our 25% capacity because people just long to be there. Yes. Uh, Amy, thank you so much. Um, uh, Cardinal Dole, a while ago, he said, there's a forgotten minority in the church. You know, we think of, you know, maybe who people who struggle with um, same-sex attraction, divorce, remarried, whatever. But he was talking about those who are faithful, you know, and mm-hmm. we kind of forgot about them and, and we need to support them as a priest, especially a pastor. That's what I want to do the most is to always feel like the families, the faithful families are supported and they're, what they're trying to do to their family and their kids when they're at home is supported and reinforced so that mm-hmm. you're coming to church and it's sometimes not supported or even sometimes contradicted. I think that's the worst thing possible. And so, Amy, thank you for your, your witness and thank you for being a friend and uh, yeah, all that you do and know that God is pleased and he delights in you. Thank you. It was great to be here. It has been a great segment so far this morning on Real Presence Live. Coming up next, we'll be talking about the source and summit of our faith. Father Nick will talk about how the Eucharist is both a sacrifice and a sacrament. Stay with us all to come on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.